Frank, they did it. Who did what, James? Apple, they did it. Did they conquer the universe? No, I suppose they've already done that. No, they invented four new things. They just (gasps) released it into the wild, Frank. They invented for the first time ever magazines. Magazines like the th- kinds that you can read with your eyes and kill trees with that seems very unapple like. Why Invention would they do that? One. Digitized magazines invented for the first time, but yet three more, Frank. They reinvented no. video games. What else? Video games. Boom. I like video games. That was genius of them to reinvent. Just wait though. This one's going to blow your mind, Frank. I'm ready. Credit cards. Credit cards. They did it. The thing that I thought we were all getting rid of, they reinvented? That's awesome. It's back. <laughs> they reinvented it. They they not only invented, but they reinvented their own invention. I'm finding it very difficult to be a fanboy right now, but keep them coming, James. What else you got? The one that I'm actually excited about that they reinvented or attempted to reinvent, we will see how it all folds, unfolds, the television. <gasps> Okay, I really love the TV, and uh, I wasn't looking for it to being reinvented, but I'm sure that our fourth (laughs) attempt at it is going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, so I I jest, I jest a little bit, but no, today, literally when we're recording is the, to date this this podcast, is the Apple Services keynote event, and Tim Cook and friends got on stage and unveiled these products out into the world. Now, you, Frank, watched it in its entirety, is that correct? I've seen it all, James. I, I'm still reliving parts of it. I was, I had no idea. I, I've been a little bit out of the Apple press, but I found out about at 9.50 a.m. that there was an Apple event today. And I'm like, sweet. I love Apple events. And I was very excited. And then he started out with Webster defines services <laughs> as. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you catch that? So I went... And I was doing my taxes today, which you and I have talked about, but we're not going to get into. I started to watch it and I go, I don't have time to watch this right now. So I watched the Engadget uh, event in seven minutes, which I will tell you, I feel as if I have no idea in seven minutes what they announced, which means this event must have been at least five and a half hours. (laughs) That's what I'm assuming. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little long, especially if you're like me and had no idea what the purpose of it was. But it was um, a services thing. And so you start to think, what services does Apple have? And that's literally how they started, trying to remind everyone what services they have. So they mentioned um, Siri, music, and then news came up. And I was quite surprised because... I don't really use the news app that much, um, but they seem to be very proud of it. And it seemed like uh, they were really pushing advancements to their news service um, and then their Apple Pay, as you said. I was just so thankful that there were no music updates. I still have a little PTSD from the music release (laughs) um, uh, presentation show whenever that was, whenever Apple Music was released. That was a tough one. Yeah, this was a a good event. I've been listening to a lot of speculation about this event and Apple in general. And we think of Apple as a hardware company, but they definitely want to pivot towards a services company. Because if you think of the services that are monthly renewable, that's free, ongoing all the time. Mm-hmm. And subscription if they dollars. <laughs> subscription dollars. If they can't sell more iPhones, they need to sell you more things on the iPhone. 
That's right. That's right. And they kind of got me. Um, There's four things here. I'm not going to be paying for all four, but we'll leave it to the end to decide what are we going to pay for out of all these new things. Um, I honestly don't think of Apple as a services company. When they said services, I was like, oh, cool. We're going to talk about iCloud and data syncing and all that. I'm like, oh, God, I'm such a developer. That's not what they were going to talk about at all. No, instead, it's all the customer-facing features. Uh, everyone's into this now. Microsoft's a services company. Everyone's a services company. It's the way of the world. Yeah, services for everyone. And Apple had a theme throughout all of the four different products that they announced, which was all about privacy, security, no advertisement, snooping in on you, which is pretty great uh, from someone that watches a lot of Hulu and browses the uses the general internet, in, you know, and and people know what you're browsing and you look at something on Amazon, then those ads pop up everywhere. So I thought that that was a nice kind of nod to, towards this privacy push that they've been on forever. And that popped up very first in News Plus. So you talked about news. They had reinvented the app for the uh, iPhone and tablets and Mac OS. And yeah, News Plus, there's a lot of pluses in this one. Apple News mm-hmm. Plus is going to be full access to 300 300 magazines and leading newspapers and i like how tim cook opened here i did they did uh, snip this part he's like man i love like the the (laughs) like the news area of magazines i just love looking at all of the fancy like like artwork (laughs) And the magazines, yeah. like I just love being at the newsstand. Do you, Tim? Mm-hmm. Do, do you love being at the newsstand, <laughs> Tim? Twitter was pretty harsh on poor Tim during that segment. I, I felt a little bad for him. Um, but the truth is, James, I am kind of a magazine nerd. I, I'm not so much anymore, but definitely when I was younger. And I definitely loved hanging out at newsstands and things like that. Uh, here in Seattle, we have the public market. And there aren't too many news, big news places left in Seattle. But there's one big one right at the public market. And I do love going there and browsing through all the stuff, all the stuff on the app too. So magazines as a service, though, you know why I think I love magazines is I actually love paper. I love typography and I love print. And I'm not sure if I actually like digital magazines, me personally, but it seems like someone at Apple does so much so that they're doubling down and they got all of these people to cooperate. Boy, that had to be a tough negotiation for them, huh? To get everyone to just join this pool of magazines. I think for any of these services, they're probably pulling teeth, which is probably why it took so long. And I I imagine that they delayed a bunch of things to because there's four different mediums that they wanted to cover. And my assumption has to be that they had to get everyone on board and they probably waited to even announce it until till later. And some of these services don't launch until later in the year. So they're probably going to still roll it out. But I think you're right. I mean, my problem with magazines, I love a good magazine. I get a bunch sent to my house, but I get them all for free from United Miles <laughs> that I don't use. And we get a People magazine and Heather does like crosswords and stuff like that. And you know what you can't do on a digital surface if you're just browsing do a crossword puzzle i assume uh, that'd well, be cool if they did bake it in they though, better bake that saying. in yeah <laughs> that seems like a kind of minimum viable product there <laughs> yeah you need to be able to do that so i don't know if there's well, really much to say about apple news uh, it's it's available today you get a free month so you could try it for free that's nice i do like that 
Yeah. And it looks nice. I mean, I, I said I like typography and digital typography is technically typography. So it does look nice. They have the Wall Street Journal. Um, you know what, though? I get all my information from Twitter and blogs these days. I think I'm kind of a little overly millennial in that case. <laughs> and so I'm curious to see if anyone uses it. It did make me think of um, Marco's The Magazine. Remember that app? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, he was kind of going for the same thing of uh, lots of nice authors with a curated editorial. You know, along with that privacy thing, they kept talking about their editorial, as in they're trying to pick out good news stories, good articles. Uh, if they notice that you're reading about Costa Rica, it brought up a travel thing about Costa Rica. That was a very weird demo. <laughs> but so and it's doing all that creepy stuff without being creepy is the idea. They're doing some machine learning on the device so that it can make all these recommendations. So it's a weird combination of machine learning and this editorial staff. I don't know. Way of the future, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's fine. I I look at my Google Now devices and when I swipe on my Android device over to the uh, right, then I get all things that are hand curated for me from blog posts and Twitter and YouTube and everything all together. I know I'm getting a lot of my news from I, that area, to be honest with you. And I know Google has huge consumption there. So that recommendation engine is really intriguing. The problem is that they're going to be limited to the 300 compared to the entire internet. And that's probably good and bad because the one thing that's nice about magazines and these journalistic websites is that there's more of a true source that you're getting from compared to the wild, wild west of the internet and the blog. So I, I, I think there are going to be different generations that will be interested in this. I could see certain generations being into it more, uh, but then other generations not. And, and I think, for instance, you know, I might think about my my parents' generation being a little bit more into this, but then I think of my grandparents' generation, definitely not, right? So it's not just older or younger. I think every generation is probably going to consume media a little bit different. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out at the end of the day and and how it goes. Yeah. I wonder if they have Harper's Magazine. That was the last one I subscribed to and actually enjoyed. Hmm. Have to look. Yeah, they had a they have a list of some. They do have Vox, which I really like, which that, that's a online online too. So it's not they also have online journalism, not just hard print that they're doing. So that's kind of nice. What do they go to next though? Enough magazines. They go yeah, to games or they yeah. go to card. Let's do games either way. I'm I'm a little bored with the magazine thing. <laughs> you know, long form writing. It puts me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I got the attention span of a monkey here. Um, so video games. Let's talk about video games. Apple has decided that they are creating their own kind of um, service service <laughs> that you can pay for $9.99. And what you get is a subscription to a bunch of video games. James, how many? 200 how many Over announce? 100 video 100. games. 100. Amazing. So for $10 a month, you can play through some pretty decent looking games. You said there were a few uh, notable game developers on there. I personally didn't recognize all the games, but they looked nice. Gosh, game rendering technology has really come a long way. Games are gorgeous these days. Yes, they look very, very nice. So it's an all you can play one subscription, no ads, no in-app purchases, which is very nice for That's the cool. uh, 
yeah, for yeah the, let's the stop parents. there just for a minute no in-app oh thank god i don't want to play games anymore because it's all coin collecting it's just so dirty Ugh. i think that's what they wanted to do they wanted to say hey listen there's tons of mobile games but what we want to do is create a new game service right it's not ios it's not iphone arcade it's you know this thing works across iphone ipad mac and apple tv they want like a play anywhere but these are games that are more i want to say mobile-ish focused because they'll be able to play on an iphone and there's so there's going to be some limited things there so this isn't going to be your fortnite or your call of duty from what i can tell However, there are some great things like from Annapurna Interactive, like Lego games, uh, some very nice looking um, like shooters and adventure games. Uh, Sega's in there with uh, Sonic Racing. So there's probably some games that you'll find maybe on your Switch or um, or maybe on existing 3DS or things like that. So in general, there's there's some there's some good studios that I'm I'm seeing on here uh, that they're doing. Um, yeah, there's going to be a challenge, though, of making sure that all these games work across all those mediums, though. <laughs> yeah, the Apple TV is a notoriously bad gaming platform, mostly because of the ridiculous controller that they give you out of the box. If they shipped us like a gaming controller, that'd be super nice. Apple, please think about it. Yeah, these games look nice because they um, they kind of had an indie feel to them. Now, mm-hmm. I'm just knowing the business, I know these are actually probably very expensively produced games. They just look too nice. <laughs> but they definitely had that casual indie game feel to them. But that's fine for me because, honestly, you sold me when you said Sonic. I'm like, ooh, Sonic, Sonic, where can I play Sonic? <laughs> so it's probably not going to be the Sonic that I want to play. It'll be some weird JRPG version of Sonic. But <laughs> sure, I'll play that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I, I, you know, what's really funny about this, them announcing it is last week, Google announced Stadia, which is their sort of play on games anywhere where they're leveraging Chrome, Android, uh, uh, Android TV and the Chromecast to stream games. Now, it's a little bit different, though, because those are full games. There's there's one subscription that we think they haven't really announced details. They have their own controller, though, or you can play with any of your existing controllers, but they're they're pitching it more as AAA titles where this is sort of different in between indie and indie plus, I'll call it uh, up up to like a double A type of title from what I can see that's announced. But they are saying play offline, play anytime, play anywhere and family access. Um, and again, no ads or no in-app purchases, which would be similar to Stadia or if you buy a game on your Xbox or Nintendo Switch, you're not going to get ads. You might get in at purchases, though. That's a little bit different. So developers that they're working close with are going to have to take that into account when they're making their games. So if you make a game for the service, how is that going to differ if you put it on the Nintendo Switch? Are you going to have in-app purchases or you're not? Is it going to be price different? And what is the model for these developers? I think this is the question that everybody had for Stadia, which was how are these developers getting Paid? Are they getting paid per play? Are they getting paid a flat fee? Uh, that's an unknown question. And at least here, Apple came out of the box swinging with a hundred games signed up compared to Stadia, which showed off two games, I believe. So oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, this whole this whole presentation seemed to be comparing Apple's services to their competitors without blatantly specifying the competitor's name or the thing they're making fun of. But it was mm-hmm. fun to get all the 
the code words going around. So yeah, they kept stressing, these are offline games. You can play them anywhere, whether you have a network or not. And that was obviously shots fired over to Google. Uh, they're both valid techniques. I'm, you know me, I'm an offline person. I don't like being dependent on anything. And so I prefer the Apple approach. But at the same time, I don't want to buy expensive video cards just to play the best games and make the best games look good. So they're both very valid techniques. And I think honestly, in the very, very, very long term, Google's approach is probably a superior approach. But who cares? Uh, <laughs> more video games. It's just kind of, you know, you're paying $10, play through the 100 games and then cancel it. It'll be fun. Well, <laughs> Something and, along those lines. And Microsoft has done this. They have their Game Pass where you can pay mm-hmm. a flat fee. It's uh, $9.99, I believe, a month. And you can play hundreds of games, including Microsoft first party title games on your Xbox or if they're on PC, on PC as well. So this isn't a new concept, I would say. Uh, I it's new for Apple and I really enjoy that they threw the Mac in there too. So Mac seemed to be a first class citizen on all these announcements. So, but of course I don't use a Mac or an iPhone or an iPad on a, or an Apple TV on a daily basis. So I guess it's not too much into me uh, for this, but at the same time, you know, the banger would have been like, Oh, if Nintendo would have came out and they had like a new Nintendo game for Mario game, that'd have been crazy. (laughs) Like they did for super Mario run. That would have been bananas, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, just don't... going r- r- real quick back to the Stadia um, Google thing. And you were asking, like, what's the de- what's the monetization model going to be for developers with that? I do worry about that one a little bit. I think about what happened to the music industry mm-hmm. and how streaming basically killed all royalties. Yeah. I would hate to see uh, video games become commoditized to that point where we're just getting shovelware again. I don't like being in an industry with shovelware. I want, you know, artistic expressions of passion and all that stuff. (laughs) You know, that's what I want. Um, So, uh, but there's always going to be a blend between shovelware and that. There is going to be a blend. And I think on the Nintendo Switch, that's where I see it a lot. There's some really great games, great indie games, but there is a lot of shovelware. But at the same time, some of the shovelware, even though it may cost a few dollars and it's not great, it's not like mobile where there's tons of in-app purchases and this and that, and they're right. compromising <laughs> the game. Uh, I don't play mobile games, though, to be honest with you. Very rare, unless it's a Nintendo game or something like that that I'm playing. I am a Nintendo Switch diehard. I do an entire podcast mm-hmm. on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I really enjoy the model, but I also really enjoy the games that Nintendo puts out. The reason that you know, the Switch and Nintendo consoles are really, really successful is because of that. So if they can create some unique exclusive games for this, and if it's not that expensive, I just find it as yet another medium in which you can pay to play games somewhere. And the idea, even Nintendo has played around with it with their online monthly service where you get a bunch of NES games to play for free every month is a good thing because like you're saying, I just want to try something. I want to do something. My fear though, with that is if you can just play anything at any time, it it kind of makes that hunt like Netflix, right? There's too many options. There's too many things. I don't know what to play. (laughs) So that's always the struggle, I guess that I have sometimes with the play anything you want. Like, I don't even know what to play right now. So, (laughs) you know, I always revert to the old classics. Like I I, I had one of those Netflix moments where I didn't want to do anything but watch TV. And yet I couldn't decide anything on Netflix. So I watched Logan's Run. God, a movie from like the 70s or the 80s. 
but I feel like I'd be at the same place. I'd be playing like Pac-Man on my <laughs> on my Stadia streaming service off of a GPU. But uh, just going back to the little games for a moment, um, I've been playing on the Oculus Go, and all I buy are the $2 and $5 games, the kind of what I was jokingly calling the shovelware. But they're not bad. I love these little cheap games. I, I hate getting a very expensive game and then not liking it. I don't mind blowing five bucks if the game's no good. So I think I will try this service. Yeah, I, I will. I will be interested to see how it works across the different devices and controllers more than anything, because yeah, <laughs> these games, looking at the trailers, watching the trailers, they don't necessarily look like iPhone games. They look like games that need controllers. So I'm puzzled <laughs> what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to recommend you buy a controller. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. huh? That'd be cool. Yeah, well. Talking about things that you should be checking out, you should check out some brand new products from our friends over at Telerik. That's right. The team over at Progress has been making awesome updates to all of the Telerik UI. And you know what they just released, Frank, in early preview? I can't imagine. Tell me. Tell me. Blazor support. Dang. They're fast. Yes, they are on it with Telerik UI for Blazor. It's a rich set of web UI components that gives developers the ability to write rich web interfaces in C Sharp with all of the great components and charts and all the things that people love from Telerik UI. Now, they've also been spending a lot of work on Telerik UI for Xamarin. So that gives you the most essential controls and Visual Studio item templates right in the box for iOS, Android, and UWP. Now, what's great is they have some brand new releases that are PDF viewer, pop-up control and a new dock layout control so you can get all crazy and complex. And you know what? Visual Studio 2019 is just around the corner, literally tomorrow, Frank, April 2nd, and Telerik UI is there, fully compatible with Visual Studio 2019. So where do you go? Telerik.com. That's all you need to do. Go to Telerik.com, browse all of their awesome controls and charts, and tell them that James and Frank sent you courtesy of Merge Conflict. And thanks to Telerik for sponsoring this episode of Merge Conflict. Thanks, Telerik. I feel so grown up getting sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're good. I, I, I like all the stuff they're doing. All their, all their, everyone I talk to over there are always excited and they're making a lot of good stuff. Let's get this one out of mm -hmm. the way, Frank. The card. No, no. Apple card. We're not getting... This is, this is the best part, James. Not only did Apple give us all these ways to give them money, they gave us a new way to give them money. I mean, genius. Just genius, James. So yeah, Apple's... Uh, I, I want to call them a bank because that's the simplification. But the truth is they're just a distributor of a MasterCard that's backed by Goldman Sachs. But it has a really cute app and it's made out of titanium. And I'm probably going to get one. And that's really embarrassing. Yeah, it does say on their website, by the way, it says Apple Card, a new kind of credit card created by Apple, not a bank. <laughs> <laughs> so it just seems like every large company eventually becomes an investment bank it's just how long and how many steps do they have to go through you know gm started a finance program apple's had a finance program forever they're just up in their finance programs they're saying hey credit card let's do this so you get three percent off of uh no three percent rewards cash back you know all that all that terrible lingo uh for apple purchases two percent blah, 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 other things. And if you actually use the physical card, 1%. They tax you for using the physical card. It's so lovely. 
And I'm sure this is only for Americans. Is that true? I didn't pay attention. I'm not positive. They do have it integrated into the Apple Pay app. So it will be updated. So it'll give you your spending habits. It will show you where you're spending things, if it's on entertainment or food or drink or the restaurants that you're at. It'll give you reminders like when payments are due. So it'll kind of link all of that together, which uh, is nice. I mean, if you're already using Apple Pay and you don't have a great rewards card or you know, um, want something new. There's no fees at all. It says on here, no fees, not even hidden ones. That's good, you know, in general. Uh, and it, it'll try to help you spend less over time. And of course, just like everything else, security and privacy built in line right into that credit card, Frank. Yeah, they didn't even print the credit card numbers on the card. If you want to see the credit card number, you actually have to open the app. <laughs> so that's not going to be inconvenient, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but they are, this is kind of interesting because they're entering the um, banking app market, basically. They have a banking app on the phone that comes pre-installed on the phone now. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a good one. Um, I think Chase is going to have to up their game. Bank of America is definitely going to have to up their game. <laughs> you know, there's, it's, I think it's good for competition that they're going to set a new bar and user interface. I especially like that they have um, old Mint-like features where it'll try to decode those terrible vendor lines and try to come up with an actual business and an actual address. I mean, that in itself is worth the app and paying the Apple tax. <laughs> Yeah, they they have information about you too. They have your location, right? When you make a payment, if you're paying it on your phone, they have your location there. They could track your habits a little bit, you know, on your device. They could, you know, give you rewards. They could probably do a whole bunch of things. Now, I don't know what all they're going to do in the long run, but I do enjoy the fact that if you already have an iPhone, you already want to do stuff, you know, it's like, why not? I guess at this point, I what guess. I like about these services, if you are all in, like I have friends, including you to some extent, but I have other friends that, you know, they are all in on the Apple ecosystem from Mac to iPad, to iPhone, to Apple watch, to iCloud, to all of the services. This just really brings it all together. The other services, right? The newspapers, the Apple card, mm-hmm. the gaming, where you could just say, you know what? Uh, this year for all of my services, I'm going to pay Apple $500, right? I don't know what, whatever it is. And that's what I'm going to get. And maybe if I'm going to use my Apple card to pay for all those things, maybe I get 3% back. You know how crazy would that be? <laughs> it's silly. Uh, just in general. Well, the next time I buy an iMac Pro, I'm definitely getting that 3% back. Oh, yeah. No doubts there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid and we were studying dystopian futures, I didn't really believe the whole we'll all be in debt to the major brands thing. Like, you know, I had to go to the Nike slave labor camp to pay off my shoes. I didn't believe that. And now to see it like unfolding and actually happening, it's a little bit marvelous in all the ways. (laughs) So it's fun that we have our brands as credit cards, but I think I'm stuck in the Amazon ecosystem and there are lovely rewards. How dystopian. (laughs) Yeah, I think of, you know, Wally with the by and large. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they finance my house. <laughs> we'll get there one day, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get an Apple mortgage. I want to be the first to have an Apple mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, Frank. Well, okay. Before we get there, maybe you can start to just pay Apple to watch television. How do you feel about that? That's the first step. That's the next step here. 
Okay, uh, this one I'm excited for because it's been talked about for a long time. Everyone found out that Apple's becoming a production house. They want to become a Netflix or a Hulu. Oh, no, they want to be HBO. I think they want to be HBO. So they laid down a lot of bucks, bought a lot of shows, and have started a new service called Apple TV Plus. Don't forget the plus. Plus. And yeah. And this was a weird part of the presentation because we had a bunch of um, actors come out and pitch their shows. It's like we're all executives getting pitched. And some of them look good. Um, I don't know. You know, can I pay for another TV service? But it's still fun to see them giving it a go. Yeah. So did did you talk about maybe maybe you did mention, but there's the new Apple TV app with a whole bunch of new features okay. inside that. You you went to the you oh, went right. to the you want to go there you I, went to the I core. went to TV Plus yeah the good thing okay let's do the app first then new app new app which um I don't know I've used their app for a while now the whole idea behind the app is that um it's a single place to search for all your shows and it'll point you to the other apps that have the shows I use this sometimes but it's actually baked into my TV I have an LG TV and it already has that search functionality so. Good for you, Apple, but I don't really need it. <laughs> well, so what they're doing with this one, though, with the update is that they will apparently not jump you from app to app, but everything will just be together and then you can buy things a la carte. So you can buy television channels. So if you want Comedy Central or NBC or ABC, they say that you can buy those a la carte on demand. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of yeah. unknown things here. But the cool part about this services that's supposed to bring it all together with the Apple TV is that um, the app itself is going to go beyond the Apple TV device. Yes, this is weird. Like I said, I have uh, LG TV and I tend to use that operating system. It's WebOS. And they said that the Apple TV app eventually in the future will run there. And that's quite an impressive feat. I'm not sure I ever would have predicted that Apple would have moved their app off of their own hardware. It's not something they generally do. But I think this is their recognition that people are getting a little tired of 8,000 devices connected to their TV. Yeah. And what we see here is that you should be able to do multiple things, see, such as do things on demand with Showtime, Stars, CBS. You should be able to rent, buy movies that are in iTunes or anything like that. Um, you should be able to get your streaming services, such as Prime, Prime Video, Hulu, uh, ABC streaming or NBC streaming and get live television such as Spectrum, DirecTV Now and PlayStation View. And that's they're putting it all together in these channels. So if I search for Bachelor, I should be able to, I think, watch it live or see it on demand on Hulu if I'm signed up for it. And the idea is that you're not jumping into another app, that you are literally just going to press the bachelor button and bachelor will start playing that's supposed to be the difference with this new service which uh i don't know how they got all these brands on board uh, in general <laughs> well so i do have to say um that that was the most intriguing feature for me out of all of this that it was kind of unified under an app and that's because mm, 
Uh, you know how they always offer when you rent something, do you want standard def, HD, or UHD? And some people have really good 4K streams. Other people have terrible streams. You can never tell the quality of anything until basically you've already rented it. And I don't know if I imagined it or not, but I think someone said something about like a consistent quality view- viewing experience. Mm. So I'm curious if they're, you know, setting a higher standard. I don't know if we're just, you know, if they're just routing around to other people's servers or if they're forcing them through their own servers, that kind of stuff. But gosh, I would love it if they solve the problem of, oops, I accidentally rented an SD quality video on my 4K TV and it looks like garbage. Mm. Please stop streaming that. Or even the worst one where you uh, rent a 4K video and it looks terrible because the server can't keep up. Those are the worst. Yeah, or you're you're watching a, a service and there's ads in it like we have nor- normal hulu and there's <laughs> ads and the ads are terrible or they hiccup or have issues or are targeted at you like are these not targeted or are they targeted i'm, I'm kind of confused <laughs> now they did say like you said they're yeah. gonna go on ipad iphone apple tv mac airplay enabled streaming boxes smart tvs and streaming sticks now not my google tv obviously but Uh, anything but my Google TV apparently it will be on. I was pretty happy to hear it was going to be on the Mac, honestly, because, you know, when I'm bored, (laughs) sometimes I'll put on the YouTube, but that's basically all I ever put on my Mac. So it'd be nice having a little app to watch something a little more interesting. Now I'll tell you just YouTube. (laughs) I'll tell you why I'm excited. And if they do this right. Okay, Frank, here's the problem with television. And I don't know if they'll be able to solve this. Okay. Hit me, James. We in our house have an HD home run tuner, like over the air tuner, because I want to watch ABC, NBC. These are fr- this is free television. I don't know if you know, but they do this in free. America free with ads, James. You got to watch ads, but it's OK. Yes, they, they call them commercials. They have a fancy term for these. ads. <laughs> they do have a fan- those fancy advertisement commercials. So you can plug in an antenna and where we live in Seattle, you hopefully can get reception. You'll get it. Now I've been, we've been pretty okay to watch the bachelor live. It, it's the only show that we watch live is the bachelor because everything happens in real no, time. Seahawks? Uh, go Hawks. <laughs> no, I go to Sounders games. I don't go to, to really anything else, but, uh, oh, okay. I, I use the bunny ears just for the football. <laughs> ah, yeah. So the bunny ears, right? There are bunny ears. That's what they used to call them back in the day. And I believe a lot of people still get, you know, television this way. So this totally works great with my Android TV. Like I have it plugged in. It's over the network. I can stream it to my TV. Bingo, bango. Pretty great. Now, I was having some issues in the last month or two, and I just couldn't get a good reception. So I go, gosh darn it. There's only a month left. I'll sign up for Comcast live streaming TV. Like I said, it's $10 a month. You get the you get all the channels that you get for free but you can give us $10 and we'll stream it in HD to you. And I go, fine. Oh, So it's like in a browser or it's on the TV? How, how is it actually? It's So here's the best part. Presenting. So they do have apps, but they don't have one for Android TV. So, and you can't Chromecast it or AirPlay it because rights, digital rights. Copyrights. Copyrights. Yay. So here's what I do because... It works in a browser is I do HDMI out to my television and I play it on my TV. <laughs> hello. Hello, people. So anyways, I still feel 
some of the DRM used to be able to catch that scenario too. So I think you're actually pretty lucky. Yeah, so that that worked fine for me, and we can watch on our TV. Worst comes to worst, we can watch on the laptop. But um, that was fine. But then I got the bill, and oh. it was not ten dollars a month, Frank. Oh, what was it? So it was ten dollar base, but then because Comcast is Comcast. They have to add on all of the local and broadcast and local fees and all this stuff. It ended up being I love it. 35 extra dollars. 35 extra. So you got up to 45? Well, t- total. 35, like the- 35 total. 35 okay. total. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you're very close to like a cable bill yeah. at this point. And it feels like that's all they're trying to push you to. Yes. So I go, I go, I called them up and I canceled and they were very polite and they said, Yeah, that's fine. We'll take it off immediately. And I, I was mind boggled. So in this instance, I would I would really appreciate that. Oh, I want to watch ABC live right now. Let me subscribe for five dollars a week, ten dollars, whatever, right? A la carte, whatever, because that's shenanigans that that they can add on all these extra fees. I've always hated the cable companies, and now I just hate them even more after this experience. You know, <laughs> so I don't know if Apple can fix that because they might just be integrating into the existing streaming services like oh do you have comcast streaming like now you can get it through here which doesn't necessarily solve my issue yeah well they did show off how quick it is that you can subscribe to a channel and that's a little bit scary i hope they have parental controls for that one i hope they have Mm. parental controls for me for that one (laughs) like oh i like that tv show sure i don't mind spending ten dollars a month do that 30 times yeah Totally. I like how Roderick calls those eels. How many more eels do you want to attach to yourself? Mm-hmm. Now, yes. what they didn't show was how easily can you unsubscribe. So, <laughs> um, But that's usually been pretty easy. I'm just thinking of like HBO Now and things like that. Unsubscribing is generally pretty easy. So this is probably a good thing for them to make it super easy to subscribe. Yeah, and it, would, it makes complete sense that all of these, all of these places and all these companies most likely didn't want to do any of this, but because Apple's Apple and they're like, hey, you know, we're doing this. You're either on or you're not. And we control the app store. You're going to be doing this. So and I bet they give them a pretty good cut of things and whatnot. Well, it I- makes a lot of sense to me. I, I really I really like it. And I believe if any of these things, you know, Apple is a company that they are not, not necessarily always first to the table. But they like to sit, they like to watch, they like to let other people fail and then try to do it correct. I don't know if all of these are going to be successful, but at least some of them will push the industry forward. And that is a thing that I like about Apple is because they seem to be able to get people on board and push things in a direction where other people have to innovate. Because if Comcast is left to their own demise, they will never innovate and continue to charge you more money for your old crappy service in general, right? That's their, that's their mojo. That's what they're about. Yeah. But once everyone else comes about, then they will hopefully push a little bit forward. Yeah. You can tell, um, there's still some negotiations happening here because you still can't record shows. It's not like a proper, um, gosh, what do you call those? Whatever. Those devices that actually record shows so you can watch them later and all that stuff. Um, so the live stuff still has conditions and all of that. But yeah, um, I would not want to play in that field. Um, it seems like 
all we do now is pay for more and more services. So any consolidation attempts, I guess I'm just kind of by default for, <laughs> even if it just means um, consolidation of the payments, I suppose I'm still for that, just so I don't lose track of all the things that I'm subscribed to, just trying to watch all my superhero shows. It's a tough life, James. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to maybe give Apple some money because you know what I have sitting in my bottom drawer, my my device drawer, Frank? Uh, better be $10 a month. <laughs> well, besides $10 a month, which I will happily pay on my Apple credit card, is, sorry, not Apple credit card, Apple card. Apple card. Uh, Apple card. I have a Apple TV developer device from 2015, 2016. I just need to upgrade that puppy. Got boom, smooth streaming. So I can actually test this service, Frank. I'm very excited about it. Ooh, the developer device. This is also known as the $1 Apple TV. This is cool. I have one too. I haven't upgraded it in forever because I'm like, I'm never going to have a better deal than $1 for an Apple TV. I've I've never turned it on and I never (laughs) sold it because I felt really guilty that I got it for a dollar and I did want to try to develop stuff for it. And it's sitting there just in case one day I do. Well, now you can write an amazing game, get uh, distribution rights by Apple, join the big leagues, have cool testimonial videos done of you in black and white that are very emotional, and you'll be on your way. Yeah, there you go. Easy peasy. So that does it. Are you signing up for everything? What's your plan? Not everything. Skipping the magazines. Going to get the card just because I want a hunk of titanium that has my name on it. Um, Roundup, roundup. What else am I doing? Um, I'm going to try the Apple TV Plus, all their new shows, just because I'm a TV addict. I'll try it for a month. Probably cancel. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And you? I will try the... I will wait to see how the TV service is and then give that a go only because the TV service solves an issue that I currently have games. I got too many of them magazines. I have too many physical copies and I have too many credit cards. So the TV one attempts to solve an actual problem that I have. Yeah. Consolidation. Good stuff. And not getting ridiculous bills. (laughs) Good stuff. And the nice Yeah, the nice thing about the TV is that I watch TV on the TV. I rarely watch TV on other devices. It's nice to be able to do it like on a on a smart, you know, smart display or on my phone. But 95, if not more percent of the time, I watch my TV on a TV because I have a big 55 inch TV. I want to watch it on the big screen. That's why I bought that TV Mm -hmm. seven years ago. 1080p. I don't need 1080p. 4K. <laughs> you need 4K. I only use the Apple TV to watch Star Trek because we're required by American law to pay for CBS All Access and watch on an <laughs> Apple <you> TV. <laughs> there you go. Can you, can you with, see, can you, can you do CB, CBS All Access? Can you watch live like as it's happening in real time? No, I believe that is yet another CBS, even more All Access. And you need to have a deal with Comcast or your local cable company. God, the telecom industry is a mess. (laughs) What a mess. Apple, fix it. That's all I'm saying. Do it. Uh, (laughs) All right, Frank. (laughs) I think that's going to, we're going to wrap it up because we can't solve everything. And maybe Apple can, but we'll find out this fall when everything is finally launched and we can maybe do a one year retrospective on the Apple services that we all know and love and use every day by Mm -hmm. and large. 
All right, Frank. Well, that's going to do it, I think, for this week's episode. I do want to say one thing, Frank, uh, about our podcast. Do you love it? Do do you hate it? I do love our podcast. And last week, uh, we did an episode on AOT and LLVM. Ooh, I like that topic. Yeah, it was basically you running the show. And (laughs) we had a listener, Justin, reach out. And he said that one of his friends uh, is legally deaf, and he had asked if we had transcripts for the show. Ah, yes. This is hard. Um, I've run podcasts in the past, and there just aren't very many. It's it's kind of expensive to get a professional translation, because it turns out podcasts are kind of long. And so we can't really afford a professional translation. Yes, they are long and I had researched them for a long time and they are expensive. So there's something I wanted to try and we're going to get feedback from Justin and Rev on this, but I did find a service that does automated machine translations into transcripts. And last week's episode and this week's episode will be the first ones that have these on there. So they're automated, but then I go through and I spend 10 to 15 minutes and I clean them up. They have nice online tools to do this. I use a service called Teamy or something like that, uh, which is still not free. It's 10 cents a minute, which is much more expensive or much cheaper (laughs) than the dollar to dollar 50 per minute to have a human do it. So uh, since we have a lot of wonderful Patreon supporters and we're at a relatively great goal uh, that we wanted to hit, Anyways, instead of doing a newsletter, I thought that we could really open this up, be more inclusive, and other people have asked about transcripts and provide transcripts going forward, um, at least machine uh, and cleaned up by me. Now, I believe that we can also automate this so people could uh, go in and clean them up later too. I need to look into this, so kind of crowdsource if they wanted to. Uh, Last week's episode I did, and it did a really good job. It has a hard time with .NET and <laughs> LLVM because it would just mess it up a little bit. But it did a good job of highlighting it and letting me clean it up. So we're going to give that a, a go. And we're going to get some feedback from Justin and his uh, friend uh, who is deaf. And we will see how that transcript goes. But when you go to MergeConflict.fm, uh, there's a few things you can do there. Obviously, if you want to become a Patreon uh, supporter, there's a button there if you want to join us in our Discord. Now, if you go to this week's or last week's episode, when you click on the link, so slash 142 or 143, right up top, you'll see transcript button. And when you click on that, you will see time codes um, uh, of the entire podcast. It's just a big text file. And it mostly says speaker one or speaker two. Uh, It randomly had speaker three. So I don't know what (laughs) happened there, but kind of funny. So sorry other personality. This is really exciting. Um, I, I, I think every podcast should have a transcript if for no, to obviously help everyone who can't hear. And if nothing else, for the Google juice. I mean, it's just good to have a written text. I went so far as I used to upload YouTube videos because they had an automatic transcription service. So I'm glad that uh, you found a better service than that. Uh, this is really good news. I'm excited that we have this. Yeah. So give it a give it a go uh, if you want to read along. We're also open to collaboration. Uh, if there are other people um, or other people out there that are using other services that you could recommend, we told you up to give it a, a give it a shot. Um, and this one at least is in our budget. So we do have a budget to uh, help out. And then, of course, that is all made p- 
possible by obviously not only our Patreon supporters, but also our amazing sponsors like Telerik this week um, that help out there. So, you know, giving back that that money and the sponsors, we, we want to use it uh, not only for great stickers and swag, but also to help uh, grow the show and uh, appreciate anyone reaching out uh, like Justin did to um, have us try some new features. So very excited about that. That's going to do it, Frank, uh, for this week's Merge Conflict. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.